The NBA Finals are just two days away. And folks, it's crossover time. We're going to get the perspective of the Celtics from Locked on Celtics host John Corrales. We're going to go back and forth. We're going to understand what they fear about us, what the Warriors fear about them, some predictions, maybe some new information. Should be a good time. You can follow me on Twitter at DogSurfRocho, and you can follow our program on Twitter at LockedOnDubs. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome everybody to a crossover locked on extravaganza. The only two teams left playing basketball in the NBA, Celtics and Warriors. So of course, we got to do a crossover locked on Celtics, locked on Warriors. I am John Corrales. I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. Cyrus Satsas, the uh, host of Locked On Warriors. Both of our shows are free available everywhere you get your podcasts uh cyrus how you feeling today my man uh i mean literally i'm i'm still getting over you know company video that's my little nickname for this thing um <laughs> otherwise i'm doing good man i mean i think you and i are both excited our teams are in the nba finals it's a special place to be we're the envy of the other 28 organizations and and markets and teams and you name it so doing good i i don't, I don't know how you're feeling about your team um I, i'm curious to hear about that like i i would love to know first off maybe we're jumping too soon but I, I are you as confident as a lot of people at least on the national stage are that the celtics can pull this off i, I mean i think i think this is going to be a great series i think either team has a chance to pull this off like this is we could just start there let's just start with this should be fun right like yeah. there you you and i can each sit here and make arguments at each other as to why each of our teams is going to win. And like I I will admit, you know, I, I've had crossovers now with the Nets, with the Bucks, and with the Heat guys. And in each one I went in and was like, I'm confident in this, man. This is Celtics are guaranteed. This is I'm the Celtics are winning these series. I was adamant about it. I got called arrogant over it and <laughs> all of that stuff. But Same. um <laughs> this this series, it's the NBA Finals, man, and this is a Warriors team that's very unlike anything the Celtics have faced so far, and I think it's the same thing for you guys, that this Celtics team is unlike a, what you faced so far in the playoffs. Which kind of. Finals are supposed kind to of. Be. I'll give you pushback on that a little bit. I, I From day one, I've been saying that the... And this is where, like, you know, Celtics fans will think I'm arrogant. And, and I and I hope you don't they don't think so because I have tremendous respect for the Celtics. I really do. I think they're a phenomenal team. And any other year, if the Warriors were not the opponent, I think they're the world champions. But I actually put them in the hierarchy of like the postseason power rankings back when the playoffs started. I had them third. Uh well, actually fourth originally. I thought the Bucs were a better team than them, but then when Chris Middleton went down, I, I didn't think there was any contest there. Um, even though it still went to seven, but I thought, and I still do, I think the Grizzlies were the second best team in the postseason. A lot of people thought I was crazy when I first said it. I'm hearing a lot less accusations of me being crazy now, but a lot of people still think that's wild. Um, but I thought the Grizzlies, I think they're comparable. They're both very long athletic teams. They're both switch-heavy defenses. They both have very few, if any, weaknesses in terms of defensive switches, which 
is what makes their defenses both very sound. I think the Grizzlies actually had a slightly better three-point shooting team uh, than the Celtics, which made them lethal. But And John Morant, I thought, was more of an offensive weapon than anything the Celtics had. No disrespect to Jason Tatum. I think he's a, a phenomenal player. Tatum is outstanding. Mm-hmm. His clutch shooting is second to none. Uh, in these playoffs, but do you think I'm crazy? I don't know, man. What are, what are your thoughts on what I just said? I think you're an absolute idiot. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> I think, um, I, no, it's like this is Memphis is a really good team. Um, I think the Celtics are better than Memphis, but you know, this is this is a situation where when you're, you know, I'm I'm a beat writer, and so I'm surrounded by every little minute detail mm-hmm. of this team, and so that works both ways where I'm not as surrounded by every little detail of every other team. But so my, my pushback is that I think the Celtics came into this as one of the top teams and them making the NBA finals should be no real surprise. Their defense has been elite for a reason. And I think, I think the one thing that this run has shown is when you're not fully right, like Brooklyn, they'll just roll you. And if you're, not fully right like Milwaukee and you know they're just missing one guy they they can they can make you pay for that and and they can handle the physicality Milwaukee's defense was just so I, I joke that it's like they were hitting each other with two by fours that Miami <laughs> did kind of like the same thing like these were these were two wrestling matches and so now now they're getting into something different so yeah I mean Again, you can make the argument that Memphis was Memphis is obviously really, really good. They were they were what the second seed in the East, uh, in the West for uh, for a reason, right? Or and, they, they and, were, and and the NBA and the yeah. NBA. Don't forget that. So yeah. So they, you know, so they definitely uh, were were right there. So, but regardless, here we are. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I I have I have said my my comparison is. The Celtics have been they they've gone 12 rounds with Mike Tyson when you compare like the Milwaukee and the um Miami series. Now they got to fight Floyd Mayweather. And that's mm. what that's what the Golden State Warriors are. A champion as as well, dominant as well, just the style is so different. You can't fight Floyd the way you fought Mike you had to, you know, um, so this is, this is where the Celtics, I think if we're starting with how this series looks just in the 30,000 foot view, my first thing that I'm looking for, for the Celtics is how do they switch gears? How do they go from just pound, pound, pound into precision, switching angles all of that stuff, defending cuts, defending split actions, defending all of this other stuff that requires them to be in certain places in certain times. And if they're not by like just a fraction of a second, it's you're going to pay. So, so, so your question is what are the Warriors going to do to counter that? Well, yeah. Like uh, how do you, how do you react to like the Celtics? Like, what do you think about the Celtics, you know, being in that position and then how do the Warriors take advantage of that? Um, well, well, first of all, like I, 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 the reason why I've been, I love a boat. I, I love that you said, first of all, that people have been calling you arrogant because I've been hearing that same thing with each round, but I, I want to, and the, a huge reason why I, I like to remind people this is that the Warriors are just champions. They're, they're like a dynasty. I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's very rare for sports teams and players to reach the level they've reached and they're on, a, they're on the verge of proving even more people wrong 
and by by winning again without Kevin Durant because that's a player who first of all a is calling me out on, on Twitter right now so have fun <laughs> with that if you want to check that out but secondly um you know it, a lot of people thought that this dynasty was largely because of Durant and without Durant that yeah they won the 2015 title but people love making excuses but I think this is you know because of injuries and whatnot in that season but I, this is going to shut a lot of people up and and I, I do believe strongly you have to have a special level of killer instinct in terms of your mentality to consistently go to the finals year after year. This is their sixth run in eight years now. They're going for the fourth world title in eight years. Now, in terms of how to how they're going to counter that Celtics defense, which, again, is stout. I, I, I There's no doubt in my mind that they are um, lethal. They're, it's going to be an obstacle. I mean, teams are typically putting up, uh, you know, maybe 100 points a game against them, if that. Um, my counter to that is, first of all, this, you're right. The Celtics have not faced anybody like the Warriors did in the postseason. I think the Nets were somewhat comparable offensively, given they have that two-headed monster of Durant and Kyrie, but there was just such a drop-off after Kyrie. Um, when you look at the Warriors at almost any point in, in the game, you know they're going to have four, if not five, guys in that court that can beat you offensively. Um, their weak link typically is Draymond Green, uh, who can still, you know, in the closeout game against the Mavericks, they put up 17 points. Uh, in game seven of the 2016 finals, which was a losing effort. He still put up, I think, 32. Um, so he knows how to score. He just doesn't score because he doesn't have to. Um, Kevon Looney might be considered sort of a weak link, but his post-up game has become exemplary. And he's found ways to score left and right besides his incredible rebounding. So um, this is a Warriors team that finished number one in the NBA in cuts and points off cuts, I'm sorry, and points off screens. And that's going to play tremendously in this series because – while the Celtics are stout, like they're a, a switch-heavy team, they're obviously a fantastic team, especially from aggressiveness. What I see from them that gives me pause is they don't give up. Um, their work ethic is admirable. One thing that the Warriors have been able to do to other teams that I don't think they're going to do to the Celtics is outplay them. This is a very the Celtics are a very well-conditioned team, um, which kind of equals the Warriors. Like the Warriors conditioning is something that is not talked about enough. Jason Kidd alluded to it as, as an eye-opening thing because they just will run, 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 and eventually just run the other team out the out the floor. You know, we talk about other teams getting injured on occasion uh, when they play the Warriors in the playoffs, and it's used fre frequently as an excuse. But I counter that by saying these injuries oftentimes happen because teams aren't accustomed to the amount of energy needed to expend to keep up with the Warriors off the ball movement. Um, so I, I, I do think like, for example, on, I don't know what the average was in the postseason the, for the Celtics defense. I'm guessing it's like 97 points a game. I, I, I haven't looked that up. Do you know what that stat I, I is? Haven't, I haven't looked up the points per game. I knew their, their, their defensive rating is 105.1, which is, um, per right around where they were at the, as, as the number one team in the regular season. They, I know they're behind Milwaukee, uh, who was 102.7. Yeah, but, and I mean, walking, yeah, it's, and that was just again a, a, a fight it out battle between those two. But I would say whatever that point total is, add 10 to that because, at, because, because again, when the Celtics play the Warriors, you're going to be playing an offense that will have Stephen Curry playing 38 minutes a game, Clay Thompson playing 38 to 40, uh, Wiggins, who has suddenly really emerged as, as an offensive threat beside his, his stout defense. Um, to put it in perspective, Wiggins led the Warriors in three-point shooting in the Mavericks series until the last game. Then he went 0 for 7 and kind of reverted back to the mean. But, you know, and then we talked about Draymond and Looney as being sort of weak links, but then you have Jordan Poole coming off the bench. You have someone like Otto Porter Jr., who's no slouch. He's a 40% three-point shooter himself. Um, you have other individuals like Nemanja Bielitsa who might play some minutes. Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, the two young rookies who have really emerged. Um, 
as players of their own. We have a wild card in Gary Payne II, who I think really mirrors uh, Marcus Smart in a lot of ways as a defensive player. Um, you, Gary Payne II is just is wild. I, I'm, I'm there is there is optimism he's going to be ready for the series. So the Celtics defense is going to be tough. Uh, I, I could see the Warriors still putting 110 on them a game, uh, which by their standards is good, maybe 105, whatever. I, and and that's why I think the Warriors will win this series ultimately is because they're just going to be able to outscore the Celtics. As good as the Celtics defense is, and this is where I guess after the break, uh, that's I know that people hate when I say that word, um, but when we come <laughs> back from giving some love to our sponsors, that's where I would love to get your insights is how are the Celtics going to outscore the Warriors? That is going to be my question to you when we come back. Okay. So just a point of reference, 101 is the average opponent points per okay. game these playoffs. Second behind Miami, 100.4. 100, 100. Uh, okay. Golden State was 109. Yeah, they were sixth. Yeah. So, all right. We'll do that. that up. Uh, while we, we chew on that. Sorry, that? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry no, I was going to say, while we chew on that, let's uh, let's get people to chew on some Built Bars which we have uh, mm. Bill Bar Granola. Have you had one of these granola bars? Yeah, I have not had one yet, but they Neither sound have great. I, but I've been wanting those since the moment I started working for this company because we do these Built Bar reads and I've tried Built Bars. I love the fact that, again, there's such little sugar in them, right? I mean, sugar is such oh, yeah. a toxin for your body. Um, but I've always wanted the, the Built Bar wrapper from earlier. There you go. <laughs> you and David Locke both, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> these granola bars, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. So in a granola bar, this is just a regular protein bar that I had before, but these are granola bars, which are different than the bars and the puffs because the granola bars loaded with granola, perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. Uh, just like the bars and puffs, these things are packed with protein, covered in 100% chocolate, 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, four grams of sugar in a granola bar like that. That's great for a meal replacement. That's going to change your life. That's great for a snack. That's great mm -hmm. for something as, you know, if you want to throw it in the gym bag, and they're made with collagen protein, which uh, your body absorbs more efficiently. So if you want a oh. healthy, delicious granola bar, this is it. This is the one. Head over to Built.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15, 15% off your order. Every single time, LOCKED15 gets 15% off at Built.com. I want to encourage everybody after making our shows your first listen every day. I know Warriors fans are going to make Lockdown Warriors your first listen. Lockdown Celtics fans making Lockdown Celtics the first listen. I uh, want to encourage people to uh, make Lockdown NBA Big Board your uh, second listen every day. Rafael Barlow does a great job. If you're interested in the draft, check him out at Lockdown NBA Big, Big Board. Also, we have an important favor to ask all of our listeners. We've put together a survey, survey so we can learn more about the listeners like you. Make your favorite Lockdown podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like, what you don't like about Lockdown Podcast, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long. And everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. That's cool. Uh, take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey, and we appreciate your help. Okay. Before we did all that, we talked about how are the Celtics are going to outscore the Golden State. Yeah, and, and just to, and just to really touch on that that defensive rating, because uh, I want to add one thing. Everyone seems to be pouring a ton of love on the Celtics defense, based largely on that regular season uh, staffing number one in defense, and rightfully so. But it's it's important to remember the Warriors were the number one defense in the NBA, both in total points allowed and defensive rating, until Draymond Green was injured in January. And mm -hmm. 
I and I don't think people should sleep on this Warriors defense. And and I was having uh, in my show yesterday with former Warriors head coach and GM Gary St. Jean. I brought this up, this point up with him. I said, "How are the Celtics? Who look? Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are incredible. They're, they're, I mean, there's no disrespect given to them. These are fantastic uh, star, if not superstar, players." But when you look at this roster who for the Celtics, right, you're realistically going to be playing. It's going to be an eight-man bench most likely. Who knows? Maybe we'll see Stauskas and players like that because the guy can't shoot. Um, yeah, yeah, that's my question to you and to yeah. anyone with, for the Celtics. Like, How are the Celtics going to outscore the Golden State Warriors? Where is that offense going to come from? So, so you guys were number one until Draymond got hurt, and Draymond's Correct. obviously – you know, I think Draymond probably would have won Defensive Player of the Year if, if that had continued and he didn't get hurt. Um, but we know Marcus Smart did. Uh, but also, he got hurt around the time that Clay got back. And that also, I think, impacted the, the defense and continues to impact the defense. So I think what the Celtics can do, and this is where I think this swings the series potentially, the Celtics do have places you can target. Now, the thing about targeting is, and I heard you guys talking about this yesterday, you target guys, but you don't want to get caught up in the isolation game. The last thing you want to be able to do is say, okay, hey, look, we know that Clay is, is not himself and not his, like normally Clay would not be somebody you target on defense. Now he Correct. is. Steph, you want to target him on defense. He's been better. He certainly has bought in. Uh, a little bit more defensively, but still a guy that you want to target defensively. Uh, smaller, not great. So, yeah, sure, those are spots that you can target. But don't just do that and, you know, swing the ball and have it be like a little pendulum, you know, a metronome your way. You're not Carmelo Anthony jab-stepping. You're not James Harden kind of like dribbling between your legs, tick-tock, 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 and then trying to find a spot to go. You still have to move. You can you can target guys but make quick decisions. And this is where the Celtics really have to get away. And I think I think because of the speed of what the series is going to be, I think the Celtics can move. They're better when they play faster. So this hmm. actually helps out a little bit. Like, I'm dying for the Celtics to play faster. Interesting, the okay. Is they like to play slow. Jason Tatum and Jalen, they like to play slow. They love the mismatch hunting because that that plays into their ISO wheelhouse. Ime has been great at like getting them to play faster all season long, pass, cut, move, you know, and in, in, in open up these seams. I think the Warriors, by virtue of them playing fast, the Celtics will start to play faster and start to play a similar style. I think what you'll end up seeing is two similar style offenses Granted that Golden State's offense is a better offense. They've got better offensive players in general. And I think they're just their overall cohesiveness, having done this, this group under Kerr, doing this for a while, even with some new guys, just they know what they're doing. But that Celtics defense is like really damn good. I don't think this Warriors defense is as good as it was at the beginning of the season. I think the Celtics what, why do you say that? What because, do you base that on? I, I've heard that a lot, and I'm curious to know. I never hear I why. Feel like, why. I feel like you have you have Clay. You just have you have guys who are you're playing more guys who are lesser defenders. You know, you're playing you're playing more. Um, you're more playing more Clay. You don't have. But now, if you get Gary Payton back, then that that does change a little bit. But and Iguodala, uh, don't forget that too. Iguodala missed almost the entire year, and is and he, he's is he going to play as well. Is he going to play? 
That's all indicate. There's not official yet, but all indications are Gary Payton the second, Andre Iguodala, and Otto Porter Jr. All right, are going to be well, go. We'll yeah, now so. we'll see. We'll see. Now, now we'll see if they can you know get back into the swing of things and if they're going to be rusty at all. But I still think that the Celtics defense is better. You know, the Celtics offense can be good when it's playing its best. Um, the Celtics, uh, the the Warriors defense, it's like the inverse. The Celtics defense is like yeah. And their offense can be can be good if they if they're playing their best. The Warriors' offense is like oh yeah, and their defense can be good if they're playing their best. And you just have that little variance in in each side, and it's going to be which one comes through. So how do the Celtics outscore the the Warriors? It's it's by defense. It's by turning them mm. over, which they are prone to do. I think turnovers. Let me let me throw this back at you. No, that's you're you're who's, onto something. Go ahead. Yeah, who's, please. Who's going to be the team that turns it over less? Because both of our teams have been prone to turnovers that lead to points off turnovers. Like the Celtics lost games against Miami by giving up an insane, disgusting amount of points off of turnovers. Same thing for the Warriors over the course of the playoffs. Which Correct. team is going to be the one that gives up the points off of turnovers? That and, if, and if one can do it and the other one can't, that's it. That might be the series right there. Let's talk about that when we come back because um, you brought up a fantastic point, and I guarantee you that is what keeps Steve Kerr up at night. <laughs> is those damn turnovers? I like that. Uh, how about how about we tell people about Bet Online, please? And uh, number one source for all of your betting needs, which put out the uh, the odds for Game One, which was the Celtics uh, three and a half point underdogs, or if you want to put it from the Warriors' perspective, three and a half point favorites. Which is interesting because three and a half points, only three and a half points, is is so interesting. Much. So um, much. What's that? I said it's not much. That's it. That's it's a small not much, line. And, no. and and, okay. I, and I for, and I forgot about this starting interrupt, but like uh, uh, Gary St. Jean brought this up yesterday as well. I, I totally forgot, and I don't know if there's truth to this or not. But typically in a tight series, he said they give the home team three points uh, in yeah, general. There is there is general kind of like the home team gets a little bit of a, I don't know what the points is, but you know if if you give them three, then they're saying like this is basically a half. This is a pick them. Exactly. I'll be completely honest, and this is going on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. I still think the Celtics are going to win this series. Okay. But personally, and I'm not telling people to bet this because I'm terrible at sports betting. So please do not say John said this and I lost money. But what I think is going to happen is I think the Celtics are going to lose. And I think it's going to be by more than three and a half. I just feel, I feel like game one is going to be like that, just like game one of the Milwaukee series where the difference between the two series that they just played is going to be so different that Boston's going to be like, oh, crap. These guys are running 100 miles an hour. I never knew yeah. people could move this fast. So you're I think there might right. be a surprise there. Uh, and I want to respect, and just in certain rub, but just to, and just to add respect to the Celtics, I don't think your team's lost two straight games this whole postseason, correct? I have not. I have not. Yeah, that's, and that's impressive. That that shows me, that, and they, that's where your coaching staff is incredible because that, that means there's adjustments being made. That means it's just, it's commendable to, to not have a single losing streak in this in these playoffs so far, so respect. So if you're laying your money down at Ben Online, maybe you want to follow that that path and say, hmm, maybe, maybe the Celtics can't cover three and a half. Maybe you're interested in that, but they do cover whatever game two is. You're just going to have to go back to Ben Online to see what it is because they're going to have you covered for all of this NBA Finals action, plus Major League Baseball, plus whatever fights you're watching, uh, NFL futures, it's all there, esports, live betting during the, the, the games. So head on over to the website today. You can use your mobile device. You can, whatever, however you want to do it. Uh, Bet online is where the game starts. We just ask you to please gamble responsibly. 
please. Please <laughs> do it. And have fun. And by by <laughs> saying gamble responsibly, it means don't listen to John Corrales, this guy, me, because I I I am not good at it. I am <laughs> encouraging people who like to do it and are responsible with it. Go for it. If you're going to do it, do it at Ben Online. There but, you go. Uh, full disclosure, I'm not the guy that's going to be putting money down at Ben because I'm I sit there. I told <laughs> I forget what it was. My dad, my dad's a gambler and he called me up one day. It was against, it was against the Miami heat Celtics heat uh, earlier in the season when the heat were, were missing like Lowry and Butler. And my dad's like, you know, in his Greek accent, Hey, Zach, what's going to happen with this Celtics game? My friend, he wants to put some money down. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, dad, everything, you know, the, 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 they're missing a bunch of guys. The Celtics are rolling. I feel like the Celtics should win this easy. And the Celtics got rolled. Um, and, and he was like, I'm like, that's that's why I don't I don't bet, man. I'm not I'm not doing a betting show. I'm doing a Celtics basketball show. So, yeah, usually well, the only winner in, in sports gambling is the bookie. But there, there are exceptions. But that's 100 percent true. Now, throw me at a blackjack table and I'm all I'm there, man. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll play that blackjack all day. I'll roll some dice. I'll play some craps. Um, I'm not opposed to laying some money down and, and you know, letting it ride a little bit. But I know how I know I know how sports betting can go. Anyway. <laughs> nice. So uh, what are we betting on when it comes to these turnovers here? Because, uh, like I said before, we 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 took this. Well, it's, it's you you bring up a great point because that that's really what the the offense for both these teams I think is predicated largely on defense and and because when you cause turnovers, you're not only scoring easier baskets, but you're preventing the other team's defense from being set. Yep. And and at that point, it's free. It's free wheeling. It's it's you know, it's hard to predict. It's hard to, to, to focus on a single player. Um, you're, you know, you're if you're playing Mandy, it's not going to be set, obviously. So I'm with you. The, these two teams are very similar in that regard where they thrive off causing turnovers. And in that Grizzly series, which, again, is a team I closely compare. I'll put it this way. And I don't know if Celtics fans will will like hearing this or not. But like when the Warriors played the Nuggets and the Mavericks, I had no nerves in my system. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm someone in the last crossover. I I mentioned this to Nick Angstad. You know, I've been following this team since like the 80s. So I'm one of these tortured Warriors fans who until the early 2010s, all I knew was losing. I had to like find other teams to root for. I mean, the Warriors missed the playoffs 17 out of 18 years at one point. Um, you know, we had our best players choking their coaches out. It was just it was just a nightmare for like decades. And then and then Lakeup takes over. And as I'm sure, you know, owner, it starts with ownership, right? If you have great That's owners, fair. it all rolls downhill from there. And, and the reverse is true as well. So, I, you know, my my giddiness, my happiness comes from uh, the fact that my team that I never thought would be anywhere near as good as this is now a, a freaking dynasty and I'm loving it. Um, so just to let people know that. But this, the point is the Celtics make me nervous. All right. The Grizzlies made me nervous. The Celtics made me nervous. Your team is damn dangerous. Uh, let me ask you this: When, when are you a football guy as well? Like, did you? Are you a Patriots fan? Yes, I'm a Patriots fan, but I have not watched football quite a bit. It's been dwindling over the years. Fair, uh, but the point I brought, the reason why I bring that up is because the, the Tom Brady Patriots were a dynasty of their own. Sure, yeah. And I remember people hating on them. I remember people, you know, if 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 someone who was covering the Patriots said, "Oh, they're going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to get there again. They're going to win their twentieth straight AFC, <laughs> AFC Eastern divisional title." Um, and people would accuse them of being cocky. That's all I'm saying with the Warriors. Like, I don't want people to think of being cocky. All I'm saying is this team has been damn great for a damn long time, and I just can't bet against them. I just, you know, this is a sure. team that's proven over and over they're going to win. So that's what I'm basing a lot of my 
confidence in is on previous history. But the Celtics could do could pull this off, man. You know, I mean, they're a damn good team. That's I understand. I, I understand. So, so this is how it's going to get processed. What you just said is going to get a bunch of my listeners in your YouTube comments just calling you all sorts of names. Yes, and you know because because the maybe the Celtics can pull this off comes off from like the fan perspective as like, what do you mean? Maybe they can pull us off. We're in the finals too, man. You are. Uh, but I totally get where you're coming from. And look, <laughs> this is this is my number one fear with the Warriors and why I'm not coming into this the same with the same kind of confidence as I did in the previous three that that got me all of these same accusations. Like I'll tell I like I will tell Celtics fans exactly what I think because I'm not I'm not gonna sugarcoat I, I believe in Look, I'm going to tell you what, what I think is going to happen. And I hope I'm wrong in a lot of this stuff here. My fear with the Warriors is the been there, done that. And that's why I said, what, like, the Clay, Tom, you know, Clay Thompson, uh, Steph Curry, uh, Draymond Green, those three guys with Kerr, like, been there, done that, and no fear whatsoever in them. I know if I if I'm watching like when I watch that game seven against Miami and the Celtics going into this prevent offense over the last four minutes and it was just gross. I hated, hated, hated that. That was an 11-0 run. I've said this a million times by now. That was an 11-0 run. If it was against the Warriors, if the Celtics were up 13 against the Warriors playing that way, it wouldn't be Steph coming down with 13 seconds left and a chance to win. It would have been. Steph coming down with a six-point lead and the Celtics going to foul because that's how much more dangerous the Warriors are. And conversely, if it was the Warriors with a 13-point lead and four minutes to go, they're out there trying to make that a 30-point lead over yeah. that last four minutes. They're coming down. Steph is launching the first, like the first good look that he thinks he has. They're going for knockouts. And I know hit singles versus going for home runs, but those guys have the utmost confidence, not just that they're going to make the shots. But if they miss the shots, no problem. We can get back. We can get back on D. We'll just get the ball back. That's the level of confidence with having won the rings and, and just knowing that I got Dre behind me. I got I got Clay on that corner. I know I can do and, and that all of these guys that you've added that are really good, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, all these guys, you know that these guys have that. They've all bought into the, the culture and, and all of this stuff. So that that's my biggest fear. Yeah, and there, it goes both ways. And I'll I'll I'll, turn, I'll flip the the glowing admiration back to you and say this: when Jason Tatum, the, the one shot that stuck out to me, and I'm, I'm, and if you follow basketball, I'm sure you did too. Game six of that Buck series, that those those Tatum threes, especially that last one, like only true great players hit those because those were such high pressure shots. Those were deep threes, and Tatum had no hesitation pulling that trigger. And it, it, that was eye-opening to me. Like, when I saw that, I, that made me think, like, I didn't like to sleep. A lot of people were sleeping on the heat. I didn't want to do that either just because they didn't finish top of the East for no good reason, right? And and their system defensively is incredible. Uh, you know, so the Boston Celtics struggles in that series were real. It was justifiably so. That Heat team was good. Um, but Jason Tatum, man, that is, you know, I've been loving him for three years. I do another show with Rick Barry. And the Hall, and I told the Hall of Famer this like two years ago. Like we we did this list of uh of of the it was like a box office list, right? Like who are the ten players on your list that you just want to spend money to actually go watch? And Tatum was high on my list two years ago. I think this kid is yep. 
fantastic. I shouldn't call him a kid anymore. He's 24 now, but um, he's a great player. I, you know, Jalen Brown gives me a little question. Those two missed free throws in game six. That, that was, that was, that was weird. I don't, I don't know what yeah. you think about that. Um, but, and then Marcus Smart, Steve Kerr called him, you know, like a, a guard version of Draymond Green and rightfully so. Yep. But I'm not, look, I don't think anyone in Dub Nation is comfortable in this series. If anyone is coming out being arrogant about it, I, I would not be arrogant, but I just, I, I base my prediction again. It's just, it's hard to replicate experience and these guys just have a killer instinct. I mean, you know, you played yourself. You, I mean, I think you have an idea that like, it takes a special mentality to be at the top. Have you been watching that show winning time, by the way, totally changing gears. I'm sorry. But... I have not, I have not yet. No. Oh dude. I, I, I so I, it took me a while to get into it just because so many people have hated on the, the individual like uh, characterizations, right? The portrayals of yep. the characters, especially Jerry West. I think, I don't know if he's suing the, the producers or has started <laughs> to already, but if you take away and don't believe the character portrayals, Man, I think especially for a Celtics fan or just even someone from that area, because Red Auerbach is such a huge part of it, and mm -hmm. the, it's it's phenomenal. I was going to ask you a few questions about the Celtics, but we'll save that maybe for another day if you have. If you yeah. watch the show. <laughs> I fell in love with that thing, man. That is, if you're a history buff of, of the NBA and you love basketball in general, yeah, it's it, it gives a lot of kudos to those Celtic great teams. Um, that's the only reason why I brought that up. But never mind. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's wrap this up with this. Yeah. Let's because we got to get into. My, my final analysis of this series is, okay. is simple that it comes down to the Celtics defense versus to me, it's the Celtics defense which versus the Warriors offense. Um, because as good as they can be defensively, it's about, can you, can you keep the Warriors offense in check enough where you can outscore them and, you know, get out into transition? Can you run off of misses? Can you run off of turnovers? To me, it might just simply come down to Robert Williams being healthy. Huge. And if, if he's healthy or healthy enough, then the Celtics have this opportunity to, to win this series. Um, that's that's kind of where I come down on this. Um, I Like I said, I fear the Warriors' ability to kind of just because they've been there to just get past things. Um, the, this is still a young Celtics team. And I don't think they feel the pressure in the same way as some other young teams would would necessarily. That's fair. But it's still a young team, and this is their first first crack at a championship. Experience so, team, though, like you have your own experience. Like I I, I tell people this as well. Like that you, even though you haven't won a championship, this team, as young as they are, have been to been through a lot of postseason battles, and sure. you can't disregard that. Like believe me, there there is a respectable level of fear. Uh, from the Warriors and from Dub Nation for the Celtics. So don't mistake anything I'm saying today oh, right. with lack of that. So can can the Celtics defense do what I think it's going to do? Um, I think yes. I, I'm not going to come out here and say, I, I admit, I'm not saying this with the exact amount of confidence that I had before because I would have been surprised if Brooklyn won – I wouldn't have been surprised necessarily, but I would have I would have thought like I thought for sure the Celtics were winning against Milwaukee. I thought for sure the Celtics were winning against Miami. I am not sure how this series is going to go. I if you say Warriors in seven, I'm I'm okay with yeah. I, I would not be surprised Warriors in seven. I would not be surprised Celtics in seven. I'm going to say Celtics in seven. Because I think their defense 
I'm just going to go with the defense. I'm also going to go with Ime Udoka and his confidence in what he's built with this team. I think that between him, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, I think the defense is going to be good enough that they're going to be able to run out and, and get into transition enough. The road hasn't mattered to the Celtics. They have a better True. road record in the playoffs. So I don't have a fear. I think they're going to get probably worked in game one and they have a chance to win game two. And then who knows how it's going to go from there, but I still think it's going to be Celtics in seven, but it might come down to somebody with a last second shot to decide. Mm -hmm. the series. That's how close I think this is going to be. I will say this. I don't want, I hope it doesn't get to that point um, because see, watching what Jason Tatum did freak me out. I want to get, add some love to Brad Stevens, too, because he, I mean, it was Great weird job. a year ago when he got promoted to the front office position, but he's responded, like, incredibly. I mean, the, yeah. I mean, the trade for Al Horford, getting rid of, De of Dennis Schroeder early enough, realizing that was not a good move, trading Josh Richardson, which was just, he was not a good fit. Because I feel like all these, all the switches that that turned this team around started with those moves, right? I mean, the, I mean, yeah. it wasn't 100%. working until they got rid of him and said, Marcus Smart, you're the guy, go for it. Um, and then obviously, you know, just the, the tremendous talent they have in general. You're right about one thing, undoubtedly, which is that health is going to play a vitally huge part in this series, not only because of Marcus Smart and, and Robert Williams III's uh, uh, injuries. And why is he called Time Lord, by the way? Can you enlighten me on that? I've been calling this guy Time Lord for like two years, and I don't Time know Lord, why. Time Lord is a uh, – it's born out of what we used to call Weird Celtics Twitter. Which was this little, this little group of just <laughs> bizarre, like wonderfully bizarre, beautiful minds. Um, that it does. It's not quite the same anymore. But God, I love those people. They're, they're <laughs> super smart. Um, I think Time Lord, Time Lord is. Uh, I, I might. It's from one of those, like maybe a Doctor Who type of sci-fi uh, show okay. or something like that. But it was a joke at the media's expense because when he first came out, there was, you know, there were questions about his maturity and so on. Um, and he like missed the team plane, like the missed the plane for the first practice, missed the first Zoom, like media call, conference call back then. They didn't do this on Zoom. So like immediately, like there was like, oh, here he is, like, blah, blah, blah. He's already missing. This is and so the Celtic, this weird Celtics Twitter created the Time Lord, which was he is just he is above the mere concept, the construct of time, and and all of that. Like it, it was a joke at the media's expense. Now you hear Not it good. on ESPN, there they you hear people say, "Well, it was a joke at at Rob's expense." It's not. It's a joke at the people who made that an important thing that he was missing those things. And they were like, no, 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 it's not important. He's just above. He moves on a different plane of time where he didn't miss that. He's, he's, he's moved past that or something like weird <laughs> stuff like that. Um, I miss that weird Celtics Twitter, man. Those guys. <laughs> oh. and, and, and look, he's an incredible setter. I, I mean, I didn't really get a, a good taste of him until that second game they played and, and he stuck out. He's a, an, an, an immovable force on that court and yeah you're, you're right that the health factor is going to be huge because not only for those two players for the celtics but um for the warriors i mean the warriors have andre iguodala who he had, he made a brief appearance in the nugget series i think he played three games and looked fantastic and then he had what many originally thought was just like a, a you know a, a stiff neck 
and it's turned into him missing nearly the entire postseason as a result yeah. of that. But so if if Iguodala plays, Gary Payne the second seems to be on track incredibly to come back from that broken elbow to play in game one in the series. Um, Otto Porter Jr. missed the two straight closeout games against both the Grizzlies um, and the Mavericks, and he seems to be a go. So I think the health is going to be huge. Um, and what I've told my fans, and this is where, again, your Celt you know, Celtics fans are going to hate me for this, but I do believe that if the Warriors are fully healthy, and, and that includes Iguodala out there playing and, and Gary Payton II and Otto Porter Jr., um, the Warriors can, can finish this in five. And, and the reason why I say that, and I know that sounds arrogant, and, and just let me explain, please. I say that because while it's true the Celtics have been incredibly dominant on the road, um, the Warriors have been equally, if not more so, dominant at home. They haven't lost a single home game yet. I don't see Chase Center being at that same level as these other crowds that they've gone to so far. I've heard people diminish Chase crowd say, uh, Chase Center saying it doesn't have the same energy or noise as uh, a Roracle Arena, which I'm now seeing is not true. They're, I'm giving a lot of respect to that Chase Center crowd for making the noise and, and bringing the intimidation that they used to bring at the previous place. I think they're going to hold court at home. And um, the question is whether or not the Warriors will win on the road. But I will also say this, that if they're not healthy, then I do think the series is going to go seven. I don't want it to go seven because I don't want to see Jason Tatum putting up that, that game-winning shot. I have too many uh, traumatic memories still of Kyrie Irving um, when he did so a few years back. So, uh, But yeah, that is that is my prediction. These are just predictions. I have nothing <laughs> to respect for the Celtics. I do. I there is legitimate I fear. I just feel like a dynasty um, is, the, is the team that's going to come out here. And John, man, I everyone said you've been you're the ni like, nicest person ever. You just merely confirmed it. It was really nice ah, meeting you, man. This is fun. Thanks, man. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if you're correct. I think these two teams have played each other very closely the whole time. They have. If there's one, mm -hmm. if there's one result that would surprise me, it's your is your prediction because I don't think I don't think the Celtics are going out quite like that. But hey, it also it's possible. Warriors, you never know. But I appreciate it. Uh, the, appreciate the crossover. You yeah. are. I'm just gonna tell you. Get ready for a bunch of Celtics fans in your mentions, man. Because I didn't, I didn't have any. I didn't have any in the Nuggets series, and then um, or the Grizzlies either. Really, not much. But then Nick Engstad sent the Mavericks crew because you and Nick, I think, have the two most popular locked on shows. We and did. when we, when, I never saw anything like that. When when the Warriors played the Nick's, Mavericks, Nick's all shows on like another two, level though. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nick, like locked on Mavericks has like yeah that craziness. Uh, but I, I'm already seeing it. And look, I'll just say this again. I, I, I have tremendous respect. Like the Mavericks people, I kind of understood why they were coming after me because I was dismissive. I did not think the Mavericks had a chance in hell of winning that series. And and but the Celtics, I I they make me nervous. They do. Like your team, the Celtics are a legitimately great team. I just but I just I have faith in this Warriors team. They're just I just think they're that good. And gotcha. and that's the reason why I make my pick. But it was a pleasure, John. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. It was. It was good. We'll we'll revisit this cross with now. We've got two days off in between some of the a lot of these games. So much more opportunity to have more crossovers to come back and, and revisit why you are so horribly wrong. At Dog Surf Roadshow. I'm John Corrales at John underscore Corrales. Have fun with each other, fan bases. Keep it respectable. Keep it, keep it above board. We respect each other, even though we might think each other is wrong. Thanks for listening. Make these shows your first listen every day and make the other one your second listen every day. We're going to get good both sides perspective throughout the course of the series. So make sure you're, you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube and uh, make sure you're sharing the podcast. Tell everybody they should be listening to both Lockdown Celtics and Lockdown Warriors right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.